Hi, welcome back to Alchemy of Genres, or welcome if it's your first time. And I am Selena from the South Brunswick Public Library, and I am going to be giving you our podcast for today, which I am calling Hot New Reads. Rather than pick a specific subject, I thought I'd grab something random and all-encompassing. So this is really good speculative fiction, which is anything sci-fi, fantasy, horror, paranormal, all of those things, um, that was published either 21 or 20, because, well, 21 is only a couple of months old, so I needed to give myself a little space. I read a lot, but I can't read that fast that I've read enough books for a podcast in the last three months. Um, so this is, of course, according to me, that these are hot and that they're good and enjoyable because it's my idea and my podcast and my thoughts and opinions. That sound you hear in the background is my cats. My apologies. They are play fighting, I think. Not sure. I have tried doing this three times and it keeps coming through because they keep fighting. So we're going to ignore it and pretend it's not there and move on. So far, so good. So anyway, as I said, hot new reads as defined by me, because if this was your list in your podcast, the list would be different. But we might agree on some things. We might not agree on some things. Some of the things that I found on the hot new lists out there that I tried to read I didn't enjoy as much as other people did. So it's okay. We all have our own things that we're into. So here we go. First on the list is the newest Laurel K. Hamilton that just came out like a week ago. It's called Raphael. I'm not going to give you any spoilers on any of the titles, so don't stress if you haven't read it yet. But I chewed through that like it was a giant piece of cake and I was starving at a party because I love Laurel K. Hamilton. <laughs> And we could not not read this. So uh, anyway, this one is entitled Raphael, who is the king of the were-rats and an ally of hers that she has not yet, as of the beginning of the story, made her uh, animal to call. But it is on the table and they want that. But the main gist of the story is that the other rats, some of them anyway, in the power structure, are worried about the influence that Anita has had or is having on the power structure of the rats. Or is she controlling them? Is she taking from them? Or is she giving for, to them? Will she control Raphael if she makes him her animal to call? Is this something they shouldn't pursue? Is this something that will be good for the Rodare in the future? There's a lot of that going forth and the main focus of the story is on one of the battles for supremacy because they have these leadership battles to the death or to the first to the third blood or first blood or second blood but it's usually to the death and he's really worried about this one for reasons told about in the story. It's not giving anything away to say this involves a battle because it says it on the back cover. <laughs> and I'm trying not to spoil anything. So there's a battle involved. Anita is 
involved because it involves Raphael. And if he loses, then it affects the the whole of everything they've built. So there's a lot riding on who wins. There's a lot riding on how it goes. And she doesn't have a lot of information on what happens at these gatherings. She's never been to one. So there's a lot of new information given in this book about the way the Roder functions and how they select their kings who um, is at these challenges, how they function and how they work. All of that. And it's kind of cool to get a better glimpse because Raphael is one of the characters that's been there since the beginning and he hasn't really been delved into as deeply. So I found it really a quick read. It's not a very large book, but it was fun and interesting and it slid right in there and I quite enjoyed it. So again, that's a 2021. Anita, uh, Anita Blake. I don't know what number in the series it is. I should have written that down. But Raphael, really good if you enjoy the Anita Blake Vampire Hunter series. Vampire Executioner series? I always forget which it is. I think it's Vampire Executioner. Anyway, next one is a new author for me. The name is Tal Bauer. Not sure if that's supposed to be a male name or a female name. I didn't look up about the author. I just know that... The title is Murder Between Us, and it just came out in 2021. It is a, a romance and a murder s suspense thing. Not really a detective. There is some of that, but it's more on the suspense than on the I'm a detective trying to find things. So the main characters are Noah, who is an FBI agent. He's pretty high up in their agency. And Cole, who is an FBI profiler, they do not work out of the same office. They don't know each other. They actually uh, meet in Vegas when neither of, they just run into each other. Noah has been in the closet about being gay his entire life. He's in his 40s and he's given himself a little bit of time off the leash while they're at this convention he went away from everyone who knew him and said I want to investigate do I really like guys the way I think I like guys let, get, let me have some moments and Cole approaches him at the bar and they hit it off and they have a night and it's a great night but then Noah is called home to Des Moines where he is definitely not out and definitely not able to pursue anything with this random guy he met in Vegas that he doesn't know anything about. And he goes back because there's a serial killer and he is called back home unexpectedly. And then they call an FBI profiler to come in to help them with the serial killer case and it turns out to be Cole. So, of course, this causes some awkwardness and some tension so they're trying to solve for this case but they're also trying to navigate this weird place between the two of them and um and also uh noah's very much fearful in the closet life in des moines so i found it to be a really well done murder mist murder suspense book. I don't. I keep calling it a mystery. It's not really a mystery, although it is because you're the 
FBI is trying to find out who the serial killer is and stop him and what's his motivation and all of that. But it's it so that part was well done and I didn't guess who the murderer was. But I'm terrible at guessing those things anyway. But the the tension and the suspense was kept up. And the situational, the romantic elements in there between the two of the men was done well um, and handled well. It wasn't like a miracle, like, ta-da, I came out and everything is perfect and I'm fine with everything immediately because that's not how life works most of the time. So it was handled well and it, it was interestingly done and I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, that one is, uh, I found it on uh, Amazon with the Amazon Kindle Unlimited. It does have adult situations, but not as many as you might expect. It was more about the relationship and about the suspenseful hunting the serial killer than about the physicality between them, which again was interesting and a different twist, but just be aware. It was interesting and fun to read. One that I've been eyeballing and in, and nervous to read because it's sixth in a series of seven and I don't want the series to end, but I am obsessed with the series, which is the Soulbound series. This is Soulbound number six, An Echo in the Sorrow. It just came out on Monday <laughs> uh, by Haley Turner. So it's a 2021. And I, again, won't give away any spoilers if you're reading the series, but it is the penultimate title in the series. So it's not surprising that things are ramping up. Um, There are the gods and goddesses are ramping up their connections and trying to force confrontations to their benefit. And everyone is using um, Patrick as a pawn and using their influence on the human world in different ways. You've got the pack, which is a central part of his life now, which he has not uh, revealed to anyone and he really needed to. So it's not giving anything away because it's on the, on the blurb that he is going to have to reveal his connection to the pack. Now he can't keep it a secret. It will affect his case, his cases. It will affect his standing as a a special officer and um, special forces officer. And it, it's just, it's a really intense title, really intense things happening all the way through. There is no break. It's just go, 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 go. Um, I will say this had the most action and the least sexual situations out of any of the other books. And yet it's the most intimacy because there are moments of of fear and exhaustion and, and terror and and Turner has them just holding each other for comfort and trying to emphasize, you know, I love you. I'll take care of you. It's okay. And, and that was really good to see. And, and, and just goes with what a relationship is. It doesn't have to be, you know, sexy times all the time. Sometimes it can just be about intimacy and comfort. And with all of the 
craziness of the um, super intense action happening, it made sense for it to be less about the bedroom stuff and more about the facing what is coming at you and preparing for battle kind of stuff. So really well done. Five stars all around. Loved it, loved it. And if you haven't read this series, you definitely should. She is on Kindle or Amazon. You can buy it in hardcover. You can buy it in paper. You can buy it in paperback, I should say. Or you can buy it for your um, ebook, um, Amazon Kindle thing. Or, you know, you can listen to it on Amazon uh, Audible. The audiobooks are really well done as well. So, the next one was a comics collection. Uh, a couple of books in a new comics line. It's called the Joe Hill Comics Collection or the Joe Hill Comics line. Um, Joe Hill is a pretty well-known horror author and he started with the Lock and Key series as he really came out of, I mean, he's done other things, but that was like his really big push. And so it's really cool that they gave him a comic line of horror comics and so I wanted to explore those. So I read The Lolo Woods and Dollhouse Family. Neither of them are written by him, and I forgot to write down who did write them, so it'll be on the um, blog if you want to read that later. And um, the Lolo Woods was very meta. <laughs> there was a lot happening, and I don't know that I quite understood it, but it was creepy, and it was interesting. So it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I just, I'm not sure I really got it and probably should read it again a couple of times to understand all the nuances, which is not a bad thing. Um, the dollhouse family was weird and creepy and cool about this dollhouse that's, that just shows up and it's following this family around, but it's got these characters that live in the dollhouse and the certain family members can make themselves small to get into the dollhouse, but there's this voice inside the dollhouse that that wants to keep you and forces you to make choices. And if you don't choose the way they want you to, then bad things happen. So um, it's mainly following this woman from when she was a young child to her adulthood and then when she has a young child. And that interaction with what she finds with the history of the dollhouse, the history of her family, and the... Um, confrontation because of course there's going to be a final confrontation between the entity from the dollhouse and her to save her family so um it was really cool a little weird but creepy and and I, at least I understood that one <laughs> but if you're looking for um some horror comics um definitely check out the Joe Hill comics line so far so good um next book is Spy, Spy Again by Mercedes Lackey, which uh, is a 2020 um, uh, copyright. Wow, I'm saying um a lot again. My apologies. I will... Mental note. This is Spy, Spy Again is number three in the Family Spies trilogy. My guess is there won't be any more because it doesn't feel... She tends to work in trilogies. So, for instance, the first trilogy was involving Mags. And in the second trilogy, it's Mags' family. So now he has his children, daughters, and sons. And they are the Family Spies. Thus the title of the trilogy. 
This one is involving Prince Kirill, also known as Key, and Tori, who is Mags's son. Mags is the spy master for the uh, kingdom of Valdemar, and his wife is the king's own. And she basically is in charge of uh, watching and manipulating emotional energy and trying to help the king make smart decisions. So uh, this adventure, they are taken on because Key and Tori have magical, not mad, they have psychic abilities because this is taking place in, in the past before the magic guys um, limitations was lifted in Valdemar or before the spell broke down. So they don't have magic, but they have psychic abilities, but there's only work together. So Tori and Key together can reach family members and see how they're doing and, in, and check in on them with sort of a far seeing, far sight ability. And uh, Key t tunes in more to the emotional part of it and how they're feeling. And Tori looks at more of the physicality of what's around them. They are called in when they have this weird... They feel something from someone in the family, but they don't know who it is. And then the Bay, who is Mags's cousin that you met in the first trilogy, who is a sleep giver which is a nation of assassins. His daughter is captured and Mags owes him because he managed to not kill him. He, he gave Mags his life and, and so Mags owes him. And he said, someone has taken my daughter and I need help. So Mags sends Tori and Key to go find the daughter and then the adventure goes from there. They're working with uh, the, the brother... And they're going to get the girl. So the beginning of the adventure is a little background with the two of them. And then the, the journey with the brother and the two. And then, of course, you have intermittent chapters where the girl who's captured is going through what's happening to her and her options and how she got there. And then they all meet up together and they have to escape and get back to safety. It's really well done. The only problem I had was that even though Tori was the main focus and the main protagonist in the book, supposedly, it really felt more like Key's book. And Kirill gets all of the happy things and Tori kind of gets this really sadder, rushed ending. And you're like, wait, what? So literally at the last part of the last chapter... He gets an ending of a sort of happy nature. And I'm guessing that that's the end of it. It felt like there should be another book coming Just that's just him and the aftermath of their adventure and what happens to Key and what happens to him. And But I don't think that that's happening because I looked and the next book in the series is the founding of Voldemort. So, she, so she's going all the way back and, and pushing that way. And going back to the founding and, and what caused the people who founded the country to run. So I'm guessing that was just how it worked. But if you like the Voldemort books, if you want to try them, I highly recommend Mercedes Lackey. She's awesome. Um, a novella I read 
is called Meet Cute, The Hedgehog Incident by Gail Carriger. The Hedgehog Incident is something that is referred to in the book Soulless, and it's where the main characters first meet, but it's just referred to. So she wrote that that meet cute moment of the two of them meeting at a random event. And it's really quick. It's really short. But it was fun. If you're familiar with the series, it'll add something. If you're not familiar with the series, I wouldn't start there because it doesn't give you enough information. But it does refer to some characters from the finishing school and it refers to some characters from the Parasol Protectorate series together. So I had to dredge my mind back and remember who everybody was. But well done. It was published in 2020. It's an ebook only, but you can buy it from whatever ebook server you buy from. Another new book that I found that I really enjoyed because it's just funny and silly with moments of adventure and attack and go get the bad guys, but mostly humor and silliness was uh, Red Air, which I guess if I were British, I would spell say hair <laughs> because it's about redheads um, and elf defense instead of self-defense. Both were published in 2020. The authors are Lisa Henry and Sarah Honey. The first one is a tale of two redheads in, and they meet in um, a dungeon. The, and then an orc breaks through the door and says, we're looking for the, the missing heir to the kingdom. He has red hair. I know. So uh, bo both of them have red hair. One of them is a con artist who is like, oh yeah, it's me. Totally. It's me. And the other one is some random guy that he's like, that can't be the heir because he's just some random guy. But reading it, you are not that surprised to find out that he really is the heir. But the fact that they both have red hair and the fact that one of them is the heir that's been missing and they're on this adventure that has its silly moments. There's some romantic things between the two of them and it, it's all lots of wordplay and some romantic silliness and just regular silliness definitely on the adult end uh elf defense is the second book it's a, two of the elves are sent off to a smaller kingdom to help them defend against some trolls and they end up in politics and accidentally deeper into the politics of the situation than they ever should have gotten and again, there's some romantic stuff happening and some silliness happening. And, and it was just really fun and fluffy. I can't wait to write. To, I can't wait to read the third one, which is, um, I forget the name, but it should be fun. And if you like a fun, silly, slightly naughty adventure, give it a shot. I found them on uh, Kindle from Amazon. I don't know if they're available in other places. Sometimes it's hard to just know off the top of your head, but that's where I found them. Emerald Blaze by Ilona Andrews is a 2020 book. It is the Catalina Baylor second book in the trilogy and the Hidden Legacy series. It's number five because it was one trilogy with the one sister. This is halfway through the second trilogy with the second sister and we'll see if we get a trilogy with the third sister and when we'll get the concluding trilogy for Catalina Baylor. Um, in this one, Alessandro and Catalina are forced to work together again, but this time it's different. Both are more scarred 
and Catalina is determined to stay aloof and not get hurt again, while Alessandro is determined to make amends and to protect her from whatever bad things are happening. And of course, they have to keep the families safe. So it goes a little more in depth onto the things that um, make her who she is, how the, after the ending of the first book, how that played out and affected them, and also what happened to Alessandro. You learn a little more about Alessandro and who he is and how he, how he is the way he is. And he's had some changes come through as well. And you find out why he's sort of a different, not quite as light and, and uh, fluffy a guy as he was in the first book. Really well done. I love Alona Andrews, and I'm really liking the Hidden Legacy books, so I'm really pleased, and I can't wait to read the next few, or however many she wants to write, because I'll read them all. Okay, a new series that I found, and a relatively new author. I, I think I've read one more of his books, but I'm not sure. The titles are The Fantastic Fluke, and the second one is Fluke and the Faithless Father. The author is Sam Burns. The third one hasn't been published yet. Uh, Fantastic Fluke, and it was 2020, and The Fluke and the Faithless Father is a 2021 book. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so, Sage is the main guy. He is a struggling... Um, he works in a bookstore that his father owns, but his father will only pay him minimum wage. His father is very abusive, Physically, not so much, but definitely emotionally and um, in any other way he can find. He was a, he's a terrible guy. And so he is struggling, he's lonely, he's traumatized, he's beaten down. And you meet him after his father has died and he's taking over the shop. But he can see ghosts and his father's ghost is still hanging around the old shop. And he's just worn down by everything and then he finds a fox familiar that he names fluke and he's sure that it shouldn't be his familiar because he has no magic that's of any worth at all his father has told him over and over again that he's got no magic worth anything but maybe his father and everybody else was wrong because it turns out there's a kind of magic that he does have and he gets a ghostly teacher on how to use this magic because it's a magic that there is a cult of people who have determined that it's evil and therefore anyone with this magical ability should be killed. And in fact, his mother was killed for it and he was a witness to it and it, that's one of the reasons he's so traumatized and scarred is that he had no idea why his mother was murdered in front of him but he was there when it happened. So he has this ghostly teacher for this power he didn't know he had. He has this um, fox familiar now that he named Fluke. And so the first book is about him learning about the power, but also about this cult that is determined to kill anyone that has this power. The second book, things are looking better. But they're more fraught with tension because of the things from the first book that happened. I don't want to give it all away because there's some really big moments in the first book that will ruin it if you haven't read it. And I give it away for the second book. But needless to say, the consequences from the first book are still being felt in the second book. It pretty much starts almost right after. And that escalates the tension, escalates the issues, and he's 
also struggling in a new relationship and trying to figure out how to run this bookstore that's now his but he doesn't know how it works and he's getting to know his maternal grandmother that his father never allowed him to see and so that relationship is still new and it's causing tension with the maternal family line because they don't really like him that much and so there's a lot of uh character growth between the two books and I like that Sam Burns is showing that character growth and showing the 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 long-term things it takes to build up trust and self-worth and not to just stay down after you've been beaten down your whole life and it shows the tension of this cult and all of the things that are coming with it that he has to um, fight against and find allies against and try to come out on top so it's a really good series there is some sex in it it's not full of sex but a little bit there and um it's more about the character growth and the tension of the situation but it is there i found it on amazon i think it's one of the amazon originals but i might be wrong so you can look around the next book is by alice winters this is a 2021 release it just came out not that long ago of secrets and wolves it's a new series that she started called the winsford shifters and this one is Rowan and Quinn. Um, Rowan is uh, helping to track down an escaped prisoner. And it turns into something more dangerous with a possibility that this prisoner wasn't from a jail, but from a secret government experimental facility and that there are secret government agents that are after them. Quinn is the leader, the alpha of a Ware community. In this world, shifters have very few rights, and um, so they are in a tentative position. And definitely, they have physical power, but they have no legal recourses, or very few. And they live carefully, and they're trying to make this community. And so Rowan has been told all of his life that you can't trust shifters, they're terrible people, and Quinn is just a very charismatic leader and he's um, determined to protect his his pack from any harm. But he also has only so many options in this world where shifters are powerless because they're animals and they're not really human, which is unfortunately how they're treated. So my f the interactions between them, sometimes Alice writes with more of an eye towards the humor and less towards the plot this one she read she wrote with a very nice balance between the humor and the plot there's some funny moments but there's a lot of really suspenseful moments of trying to figure out the the mystery of who's doing what and what's the secret government organization and what does it have to do with the people they're tracking and how did it get them in trouble for tracking them it's a whole thing and um, I really liked that, the way she played that. I also like that the alpha of the pack isn't the biggest guy. He's not this ginormous, overblown muscle head. He's a lithe, smaller guy. And it's just always nice. Um, Carragher did that in her books as well uh, with the um, San Andreas shifters. It's just, it's nice when somebody re recognizes that being an alpha doesn't necessarily mean 
the big guy. It's about personality and about type, not about bigness. So I, I liked that anyway. Um, but there is humor and there's fun and there's also a lot of tension and, and worry and, and running. Lots of running. Um, <clears throat> but I enjoyed it and I can't wait to read the rest of them. Another new book from a new author to me anyway is Kate Moseman and the book is called A Good Demon is Hard to Find. This is another funny book. It's basically all about the best revenge is living good kind of st story idea. Erin's getting divorced. She's finalizing the paperwork. Her husband left her for her best friend. The two of them are now together and she accidentally lays a curse when she literally curses and says, I wish this would happen. And it turns out that the way she formatted it and the way she was standing or somehow she accidentally made it into an actual curse. And so a demon, Andromalius, appears to fulfill the curse. And so he is determined to find the ways to make their lives miserable and make them regret everything. I love that his revenge plots are so not violent. There's the mysterious smell. There's signing them up for infinite amounts of junk mail. There's having their windows never able to close. There's the weird salespeople coming up to them at all hours of the day and night. There's just all these little annoying things that he's got planned to make them miserable. But then he is accidentally banished and Aaron is a little frustrated because she kind of liked him and so she spends some time trying to find him again and she wasn't really sure about this whole she's a good upstanding person she thought she was good she goes to church but she really likes this demon guy and and he was fun and he was sweet and he was nice to her and and maybe maybe her life would be better if she just hung out with this demon dude instead of you know worrying about what other people thought of her and worrying about why her ex decided that he didn't like who she was and liked someone else better. And I thought that was nice. I really liked the 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 way it was handled. It's very fluffy. It's not a deep book. Don't take this thinking it's going to be a deep book. But it's just fluffy and fun. And I borrowed the second one because with Kindle... Amazon's Kindle Unlimited, you can borrow so many books at a time. And I haven't started it yet, but I'm sure it should be good. Uh, but this one is was really fun, and I enjoyed it. It was a good laugh. Again, not a deep book, but fun. So give it a shot if you want to try something fun and fluffy with some demons that aren't scary, but more like silly and funny. Uh, Macy Blake. In her Chosen One universe, the last few novels of this rather long series uh, were published in 2020. So there's Give Him Hell, The Hellhounds Champions, number three, Nothing Gained, and Stop at Nothing, which is The Chosen Ones four and five. And that ends officially all of the parts of the Chosen One universe. She could continue it as they have more adventures, but the main plot line of the way the universe is imploding and the things that have to happen and the main bad guy arc have been resolved at the end of this. 
there's a lot of moving parts because there's several different series involved there. You definitely need some suspension of disbelief because vampire shifters, gods, griffins, like anything you can think of is, is in this book somewhere. And you have prophecies, fated mates, but in this one, there's more than one. There's actually the chosen one has seven because he needs all of these particular mates to have particular powers or from particular families in order to execute the prophecy correctly. But they're all his fated mates. So he has seven. And so it's a little silly and there's a lot of suspension. She does have some tension there because there's the end of the world coming and he has to stop it and bad guys are doing terrible things. But there's still, there's a lot happening. And he has seven mates. Um, it doesn't start with seven. It starts with two or three, and then he has five. And so it builds up to seven. But still, that's a lot. So there's lots of lots and lots of random sex scenes. So yeah, if, if you don't mind random sex scenes with a lot of people, then you'll enjoy it. And again, suspension of disbelief, because some of it is like, really? Okay, fine. I'll take that. I'm... I think it's a great escape. I don't know how they would have time to save the world with all of them having sex all the time because you would be tired. And when would you have time to go save the world? But again, suspension of disbelief. Have a good time. And everybody is enjoying their life and learning new things and saving the world. And hey, why not? So um, again, not deep, but a good escape book. I enjoyed it. It came out in 2020, and it, it'll take a little while to get through the whole series, but not that long. You just have to dive in and, and go, okay, I'm, throw it at me. Tell me how it works. Okay, got it. And go. Um, the, ooh, I forgot to write down the author on this one. Again, I will get it for the blog. My apologies. But... The books are The Thief in the Night and The Innkeeper's Blues. And the series is Bed, Breakfast, and Beyond. So this is the first and the second. These both came out in 2020. And I, this one was different. It was really interesting and fun. There was romance in it. And there's a lot of just small town activities and tensions of of a small town nature that somebody doesn't like this somebody thinks you're doing that and then there's also the tension of the bed and breakfast in this small town but the main point of contention aside from regular issues of of people and problems is the house the house is a psychic or possessed house they don't really define it but they make it sound like more of a house that has an understanding in an entity like it'll close the door and not let it open if it doesn't want you to leave it could lock someone out if they don't like somebody it can tell you when something's wrong but it tells you if you have if you have to be listening because it can't actually talk it does groans and moans and things of, of a house like nature but still psychic possessed house really an interesting concept and the main guy arnold is the one he fell in love with this house. He's been one of the few people that the house would let in and didn't chase him out because there have been many owners that the house just literally would torture until they were like, I can't take this house and they would leave. So he 
he gets along with the house. He likes the house, but it's hard to run a bed and breakfast by yourself in a in a house that doesn't always like all the people. And then he meets Lucky, who's a thief, and uh, Arnold gives him a second chance. And the two of them discover that they really like each other. And there's a lot of the, the this relationship building because Lucky has not had a good life, and Arnold has had his own issues, and. So they have to learn to get around each other and get along and trust each other. And there's a lot of that. But there's also in, in things going on with the house and the community and, and, and other things that are involved. The second book is just the evolving nature of their relationship with each other and with the house. And also the intimation that maybe there are more psychic houses in this area. And maybe it's a thing in this town. It's not really defined, but... Wow, how cool would that be to find a house that was just like, hey, I choose you. You're my person. So I liked it, and it, it was really interesting. The Huntsman by Morgan Bryce was a 2020 book, and it is the first in the Fox Hollow Zodiac books. This one is another one where you're going to need a little bit of a suspension of disbelief. It's not a deep book, but it was fun. And I always struggle a little bit with Faded Mate books anyway, just because um, it's not... that A lot of books do it, so I always am like, okay, how are you going to hold it? Because that's just the idea that instantly you're in love with somebody because it's faded that way is hard to swallow. But I try. Um, but so it's in this town. The Fox Hollow is a town of many, many shifters. It's sort of a haven for them. One of the appeals for the story and the reason I started reading it was that Liam is a librarian because of course, um, but he's also a fox shifter and he's on the run because an a crazy ex hired a huntsman to hunt him down because there are crazy humans who find out about shifters and then decide that they want to hunt them and use them as, you know, prizes on their wall because it's more challenging to hunt a creature that has a human portion to them ew but true i could i could see it happening but still ew uh so what do we have oh russ is a wolf he is also a mechanic and a firefighter and he's sexy and cute and the two of them are trying to get to know each other russ is uh not sure about this whole falling in love instantly thing, although he likes the idea, but he's also struggling with grief because his husband died in a car crash and it was devastating for him. So there's some tension. It's a little bit of a thin plot, but it's fun. It's escapist reading. I will totally read the rest of them. Why not? Another one from Morgan Bryce. Little more on the suspenseful side and not the fun light side is the Witchbane series. And this is Unholy, which in 2020 was the conclusion of the Witchbane series, I think. It's hard to know. She could bring some more back. Why not? Because it's a popular series. It does cross over. She has many of her series that cross over between Gail Z. Martin, her author name there, and her Morgan Bryce name. Morgan Bryce intimates that there is more of a, a romantic sexual nature to the book, and Gail Z. Martin implies that there is more of 
a suspenseful, mysterious, solve this, find the bad guy type. There might be a little romance, but it's always in the background and off screen as Martin. But as Bryce, it's fully on screen and in front of you. So, which main is... Seth and Jesse are hunting dark warlocks who sacrifice people to maintain their powers. And this possible end, this is the end of one of the story arcs, but there's multiple dark warlocks. So it's possible that maybe they'll keep going and keep finding more because why not? But in this one, they end up in Charleston, which crosses over with the stories and the characters from the Deadly Curiosities books from Gail Z. Martin. And so they are working together as a group to figure out who the bad guys are and and uh, how to save the people who are being uh, taken and killed. So next book is a 2021 book, which is by A.J. Sherwood. And it's one I was very much excited because I couldn't wait till it came out. And that's John's Boom Shakalaka Problem. This is John's Mysteries number four. John has to go to Vegas on a plane to defuse a bomb. But since he fries everything electronic that he comes into contact with, the flight is the bigger risk than the bomb because the bomb, he just touches it for a few minutes and, and the electronics all die and then they just have to figure out how to maneuver it. But he has to get on a plane, and a plane is electronics-driven. So it's stressful, and it's hard, and there's a way to do it. But the circumstances of the flight and the fact that he's defusing a bomb strike a disagreement-slash-fight with Donovan, who's his partner and his love, and also very protective of him. And he doesn't agree with this, and the manner in which it was taken on, and they didn't discuss it, and they it just causes a relationship issue. And everything is more emotional in this one. They're far away from home. They're not with their local people that they know. They don't have anything, any time off to get away from all of the issues because they're just stuck in a hotel in Vegas handling all of this and then trying to figure out what happened and how to get home and, and how to handle the issues that this has brought up. This one had the solve this mystery in it. Like, who set the bomb, and why did they set the bomb, and what's going on, and what was the incentive. But it also was a lot more about the emotional fallout and the um, issues of the two of them as they're to this part of their relationship where they're starting to encounter some major problems that they they're, they knew were coming because Donovan's very protective, and John has a need to help everyone who asks, and so now they have to figure out how to balance that. Um, how do I let my partner go out into danger and keep him safe at the same time? Really hard. So really well done. Sherwood did another great job. I love these books so much. I can't wait for the um, audio because I'll probably buy that too. Because I do that. The conclusion of the Heathen Trilogy in comics by Natasha Alterici came out in 2020. It's the... Uh, Viking, it's a Viking story, and I talked about it on a, one of the podcasts. But the, this final book, the third book, has Adis trying to, she finally gets to where she can get to to talk to Odin, but can she sway him to her point of view? Can her friends prevail against Odin's army and the Valkyries? 
is there a way to lift the curse it you know all of these things are coming to um the culmination and and is a really great trilogy it's a really great book it's a really great storyline i should say because it's you know three books and it's comics and i really like the way it was played so thumbs up all around in the next one is another one that i had not read any of her books before her name's marianne frost no marianne forest came out in 2021 called all wrapped up in a pretty little bow and bow is spelled like the name bow b-e-a-u it came out in january but it's a christmas story so i guess they thought hey you know you're still in a christmas mood in january it's sort of a scrooge versus a christmas elf book so if you picture the elf from santa's elves like somebody who's really into christmas and then you got the scrooge who hates everything that's christmas and of course their fated mates um so this one hits all of my buttons as far as why I shouldn't have liked it. It's got the faded mates, which I'm like, okay, fine. It also has male pregnancy, which I really am not a, like, it's like, ugh, okay, fine. But you better have a really good explanation and why. I'll, I'll buy it, but I'm buying it and giving you some rope. And if you hang yourself with it, I'm not reading anymore. And they didn't hang themselves with it. I kind of liked it. And, but it's a standalone book. It wasn't part of a series. And it was all very sweet and mushy and romantic. Kind of like a Hallmark romantic Christmas story. But with shifters. And um, faded mates. So I enjoyed it. It's a 2021 book. If you want something when Christmas season comes around again... I would suggest it, or if you don't mind reading Christmas books out of the season, give it a shot. It was another one of those Amazon originals from Amazon Kindle Unlimited. Origin is A.J. Sherwood with Jocelyn Drake. This one came out in 2020. There is the next one and a Christmas novella that came out at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021. And I haven't read them yet, but I'm looking forward to it. In origin, we have Alfric, who is the king of the dragons, and he is a fire dragon. There are different kinds. Cameron is a tourist. He finds this dragon festival in Germany, and he also finds out that he's got magic. He's a mage. He didn't even know you believe. He's, he's like, I don't believe in magic, but my family says there's magic in my bloodline, and oh, okay, I guess my grandma isn't that crazy. So lots of ground laying of the universe explaining how the dragon survived what it what caused everything to go into chaos why this person wouldn't have magic and not know about it how the world doesn't know about it who are these dragons all of that and of course there's a big bad trying to kidnap mages for their own uses and destroy the dragons etc etc it's a fun story new in the series i quite enjoyed it and um, there's, of course, a little bit of romance between Cameron and Alfric and laying the groundwork for that, as well as the universe made this story go really quickly as you're trying to get your head around all the things that are coming, getting thrown at you at once. But it was well done, and I'm sure it'll build some more in the next few books. So I'm looking forward to reading those. Blood Air is... 2021, 
2021 book by Ilona Andrews. This is Aurelia Ryder, number one. And this one has the best backstory because this was a book that Ilona Andrews started when COVID started. She couldn't work on any of the books that she was working on. Her brain did like ours did and just kind of shut down. And the tension in the, in the world was just crazy. And so just for fun, she took the main character and gave her a new name. Julie is the stepdaughter of the Kate Daniels series that she's made a lot of books with, but that series ended. And so she took Julie, put her forward 10 years and takes her back into her hometown in Atlanta. But she's changed her name. She's changed a lot. And you don't, and you start to, this is the book where you start to find out. But it was originally published on her blog in just little quick snippets of chapters. And all of her fans were just eating it up and loving it until it got to a point where she and her husband were like, we should just make this a book. So they self published it and it got onto the New York Times bestseller list and it did really well. And it is a self published book. You can buy it wherever you buy books, but. It is not one that you'll find as officially part of the Kate Daniels universe, but I'm really proud of how well she did. It was really well done and explains, sets up the groundwork because I'm sure there's more books coming, but it sets up the groundwork for what happened in the 10 years, who Julie is, why she is now Aurelia, as well as a couple of other names. She has magic. She looks different. And there's a whole lot of other things happening and big tension and she can't see Kate or Curran at all because bad things will happen if she does so but you also get to interact with her little brother Conlon who is now nine or ten and so you get that interaction as well and uh, get to meet him and see how he's doing even though he's still young he's involved and on the peripherals but you still get to see him brilliantly well done I, I love the backstory of it was just a, a random thing small idea that blew up into something big and then they self-published it and it's doing really really well so yay and um everyone i've talked to that reads the series loves it too so you should give it a shot lissa casey has two books in a new series i don't know if it's a trilogy or just a series it's called romancing a curse Heir to a Curse and Recipe for a Curse. Heir to a Curse came out in 2020. Recipe for a Curse came out in 2021. And they are set during COVID in this time. You've got Zach, who's this mystery man. He's got this house that is supposed to be cursed. He's had a lot of issues with the house. He's trying to fix it up. He's trying to make the best of everything. And he he meets this mystery man. And Zach keeps seeing him. But other things are also happening around. So there's the mystery of past lives and the cursed house and the family that it came from. And who is this mystery man? And how can they... Um, break the curse on the house can is this person uh, who is this person and how can they how are they involved the second book is montana who's a chef at the house that zach owns and rio who is a traumatized vet 
who is cursed with a wolf beast. He's not a werewolf. It's an actual curse. And so it seems like it would be a werewolf thing, but he's just cursed to become this beast. And uh, Montana is uh, sympathetic to this PTSD, very damaged man who lives alone in the woods and doesn't seem to have the means and the to help himself. And he's just drawn to him. So it's just two different stories in in both involving a curse and tangentially tangentially I can't speak that word but they're related to each other and and it's just interesting and fun and I enjoyed it so if you want something a little different with curses and uh, magic but also where people are wearing face masks and and um, following quarantine prohibitions and such it it Definitely feels in the moment, but in a different moment with magic in the world. One bite with a one bite with a vampire by Louisa Masters is Hidden Species number two, which came out in 2021. The first book, Demons Do It Better, was number one, and it came out in 2020. I have talked about Demons Do It Better, and I've probably talked about One Bite with a Vampire when I did talked about vampires, but I'll just mention it because it's a really fun series. It's uh, hidden paranormals, demons, vampires, everybody. There's all these different species. That's why it's called the Hidden Species series. It's suspenseful. There's bad guys that they that are chasing and or trying to hurt the supernatural creatures. But of course, they're also meeting people that they can fall in love with. So there's a romantic suspense thing going on with paranormals. Uh, thrilling, fun, tongue-in-cheek just interesting and um so if you want a little bit of a different take on paranormals i would try it it's it's been fun so far a series that actually started in 2017 which was the first book but concluded in 2020 the the last two books actually i think she for some reason she waited two three years and then she did the last two all in the same year not sure why but hey that's what happened so um, it's The Spectral Files by S.E. Harmon. So the first one is P.S. I Spook You, which is a little older. So, I, um, But I wanted to include it here because the final two in the series did come out in 2020, which is Principles of Spookology and Spooky Business. Basically, this is a murder mystery paranormal thing going on because Rain is a special agent and Daniel is a detective. Daniel is Rain's ex. He left him to join the um, special CIA, FBI, I forget which one it is, but one of those. Um, but he's also in denial about his ghostly abilities. Ghosts can talk to him and he can talk to them. And on the case just before the first book, he does something because a ghost is telling him to do something he breaks down and he listens to the ghost and it causes some backlash because people are like why would you do that that makes no sense because they can't see the ghosts he can see so he ends up going back home to his old hometown which is where his ex lives and he's finding that maybe he left a lot of himself in in that hometown maybe his ex shouldn't have been his ex maybe she, he should have stayed there and stayed a cop and not tried to be in the fbi cia whatever 
um, Daniel and is uh, the the relationship between the two of them makes sense because of all of the underlying elements and the issues that they had with the breakup. But you've got these uh, series of murders that are happening and they need Rain. And Rain needs to acknowledge and be able to talk to other people about his ability to speak with ghosts. And he can't hide it anymore. So there's the element as the series goes on of um, actually becoming a legitimately psychic detective who speaks to ghosts. It's sort of like an offshoot department that is in existence, but not everybody wants to believe in it. I like the continuity. I liked seeing the difficult journey of all the characters and Rain as he gets comfortable with himself and his abilities and also how the relationship changes and grows and they overcome the obstacles that broke them up in the first place. It was just really well done and I and I enjoyed it. Um, Black Sun is a novella from the Shadow Council archives. This is a Gail Z. Martin written with Larry N. Martin. And it is in her Monster Hunter universe. She, the other one I told you about is Morgan Bryce. So, hey, there she is. So this is a 2020 book. It's set in the late 19th, earliest 20th century. They're chasing evil bad guys. That's the Shadow Council. They're trying to save the world from these bad characters and evil gods that take over and monsters and things like that. Joe Mack is an avatar of a Slavic god. So he can withstand a lot. He can understand a lot. He is literally there to save people. And this time, for this adventure, Black Sun, they're in Reading, Pennsylvania. Hey, not that far away. And someone is killing immigrants and stirring race and class issues, deliberately trying to cause chaos in this town. And Joe is there with his uh, friends, and compatriots who are trying to save the day and figure out who the bad guy is. And, and it's usually something supernatural, so they have to slay. Uh, Creature Feature is in the Spells, Salt, and Steel series. And that is number seven, actually, that came out in 2020. And this is Mark Wojcik, still Wojcik, Wojcik, I, uh, close, I'm thinking. He is still saving people and finding monsters, but this time there's an evil scientist who is experimenting on magical creatures or cryptids, depending on how you want to look at them, and also starting a mob war between vamps and, and werewolves. So there's a lot of things all coming up with this one, and Mark has to try and figure out what's going on and find the bad guys and stop the war, and... Uh, there's a lot on his plate, so there you go. That same in same universe of Shadow Councils and fighting bad guys, but this is in the modern times, whereas the Shadow Council archives are set in back a hundred years. James Tinian's Something is Killing the Children came out in 2020, and I really enjoyed it. It's a graphic novel. I can't wait to read the second one, which I think comes out soon or did come out, and I haven't gotten it yet. Basically, you have a mystery woman who's there from her point of view to kill the monsters that are killing the children. You've got children who are disappearing and coming up murders. Uh, of course, 
police and everybody don't believe in monsters, but the children can see the monsters because they're children. And she can see the monsters too for various reasons. And so she's there to help fight the monsters. Really well done. Very creepy. And and, uh, and the artwork was awesome. So if you like horror comics, you should try it. And speaking of horror comics, another one that I read that was amazing was by Joe Hill, who I've mentioned is a really good author. And this one came out in uh, mid-2020 called Basketful of Heads. I This was an amazing story, and I really don't know why they haven't made... They, this is going to be a movie at some point. Somebody's going to notice, because a bunch of his books have been made into movies. And heck, they took Lock and Key and turned it into a TV series. So yeah, it's going to happen. Basketful of Heads is set in the 70s on the beach, and it's the last day of this kid who's been... Um, interning I guess with the police department because he wants to be a police officer and he's going to college for that but he's interning and he's basically just being a gopher and whatever an intern does and in a police department and whatever they allowed him to do and so his girlfriend is going to see him and they're going to have a weekend of greatness together before he goes to college and she goes to college and, and they get their life back together but then terrible things start happening and somebody is somebody escapes from prison and people are being murdered and she defends herself with a sword and it's a viking sword and somehow it enables the heads it she went if she, the first time it happens it's an accident and by the time it gets past that she knows it's coming but the heads don't die they're still talking but they're bad guys so you don't know if you can trust what they're saying <laughs> And she doesn't know what's going on. She's trying to figure out why these people are trying to kill her. And they're telling her all these different stories. And, and some are lying and some aren't. She can't figure out who. But really well done. And I like that the character is set up. The main character is set up as uh, almost a gimme. You know, beautiful blonde girl without a thought in her head and then you find out she's got these depths to her and that she's really smart and not as dumb as people think and you can't trust anything she can't trust anything and every time another layer is revealed you find out another lie or another untruth or another terrible thing that happened that this person started or was a part of or contributed to so well done Joe Hill did a great job. I love that one. And the imagery in the pictures were so good. So you should definitely check out that graphic novel. Um, one that came out in the beginning of 2020 uh, was the R. Cooper started a whole series of beings in love called Being and also Beings. So not always, not mostly not humans. Uh, this is the number three in the series that I'm going to talk about. I'm, I've only gotten up to number five or six. There's some short stories in there, but I just thought I'd pick one that I liked. And this was one of the ones I really liked. And it's called The Beginner's Guide to Wooing Your Mate. Um, you've got Zeki, who returns to Wolf's Paw to begin his career as a consulting wizard. And his high school crush, Theo, is a werewolf. He's a firefighter. And Zeki is still drawn to Theo, but confused because everyone in the town seems to think he's a bad guy and he doesn't know why. And Theo thinks that 
Zeki rejected him when they were in high school because as far as Theo is concerned, Zeki is his one true love and he told him he didn't want him. So now he's devastated and Zeki's like, uh, no, I don't remember that happening. So you've got a uh, years ago faded mate thing that didn't work out, but maybe they have a second chance, but maybe they don't. And the whole town is watching them because it's a really small town. And so you've got all the interactions of the different townspeople around as well. And it was just, it was a really cool, fun, different story. And I quite enjoyed it. And I'm working my way through the series. Some It's a series. And some of them I really liked and some of them are like, oh, that's okay. But this one was one that I really did like. The Enforcer Enigma by G.L. Carriger was also published in 2020. This is San Andreas Shifters number three. This one was not her strongest in the series so far, but I still enjoyed it. There were some people that really hated this book. I don't know why. I, I agree that it's, it's a little lighter as far as um, it's got a little heavier touch sometimes and that's a little thinner of a plot line, but still fun. And I, and I enjoyed the interactions of the two main characters. So I'm, I'm totally willing to, to give it five stars and call it a day and say, yay, you're awesome because I enjoyed it. So in this one, you've got a Selkie mob. Selkies are uh, seals. They can take off their skins and put them back on and they're mobsters. So you've got parent issues due to neglect and abuse. And you've got the two main people, Judd, who's the enforcer in the Enforcer Enigma. He is the enforcer for the San Andreas Shifters. He is at least 100 years old, if not longer. And he is enthralled with Colin, who's a young college student. And also they're both werewolves. Colin is the one with neglect and uh, and abuse issues, so he's touch shy. He's really nervous around a lot of people, but he's not nervous around Judd. And so this is building up into this great way of um, it's sort of that May December romance, but in a different way because he's so much older because he's uh, he's over a hundred. Uh, but in a in a lot of ways, you know, Colin's really smart. He's really got a lot of things going for him but he needs confidence and he needs to work through his issues and Judd is willing to help him work through those issues uh, you have all these family things that are coming up between Colin and his brother that are affecting the pack you have this mob issue that is affecting the pack so all of it's kind of coming together at the same time really fun and and I like anything Carragher does anyway so yeah and the last one that we're going to mention is by Faith Hunter. It's called Junkyard Cats. And this one also came out in 2020. The main character, her name is Shiny. And she is not entirely human anymore due to a combination of nanobots and an alien infection that kind of combined to make her no longer fully human. And she's also infectious. So she can, the, the nanobots in her... Um, because the aliens are bug related, they want her to form a nest and and to get, you know, that queen bee thing where I'm in charge and you do everything I tell you to do. And she, she's trying not to do that, but she ends up in contact with someone as other bad guys. So bad guys are coming to get her. She's hiding alien tech. She's living in a junkyard, but it's called Junkyard Cats because the cats, before she realized that this 
problem that she has was infectious. She found these really uh, sweet junkyard cats that she adopted and sort of takes care of and they have her disease and they're a part of her honeycomb, her tribe, uh, her nest, I'm not sure, but they are super smart. The nanobots in her have infected them and so they don't act like cats should. They're smarter, they work together, and they demand things like a cat would. They don't speak, but they can sort of telepathically communicate. And, and they work as a group in, in like a pride format rather than as separate cats. And it makes a difference. So you've got like, oh, the whole thing is um, some bad guys are coming to take, to kill her and take, take the alien tech from her. And she has to defend the junkyard and also, you know, figure out what is going on and how they found out about her junkyard and the things that it has in it because she never told anybody. So it's a really quick book. There was, it was like 120 pages. It's almost a novella, but it was really fun and lots of action and, and aliens and, and super smart computers that may or may not have been infected with her nanobots that made it part of that. The whole idea of these uh, like aliens and these nanobots that fuse together and make things uh, different and smarter, but also subservient to her, just brilliant and interesting. And uh, so I'm curious to see if there'll be any more in that or if that's just a standalone. It left the ending was left open to see. <laughs> maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. That is it for today. My next podcast will be coming in a couple weeks and I'm going to talk about, maybe I'll do some more new books, but I'm going to be talking about some books that are maybe a little bit older that you might have missed that are really good that you should check out. So it's sort of like uh, titles you should go back to that you should try and some things that I've just read that I've discovered that are a little older, but I didn't know about them. And so it's going to be a combination of sort of some new stuff, some old stuff that's new to me, and or some stuff that might be new to you that I haven't talked about yet. Uh, so that's what will be the next one. This one, we're done. Thank you for listening. And go to your library, check out some things, find some ebooks, borrow or buy, support authors, support your local libraries, and... Thank you for supporting your local podcaster. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.